Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prince Podcast here on PodcastJuice.net. My name is Michael Dean, and joining me today is a young man who I've had the pleasure of meeting in person. Uh, I will say, this, this, this brother right here has got quite the journey because he has uh, went from being in America... And now he's international in, in, in Sweden and doing this thing. And I just think it's a beautiful journey. So let's welcome Jester to the show. Sir, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Appreciate it. I think it's all coming full circle. Now, you've been on the show before, actually. Uh, yeah. A couple years ago, we did one. I think we were talking about kind of uh, younger fans' perspective. And you was dropping right, some. Right, that's the one. Yeah, dropping some. some uh, some jewels on that one of, of your experience, which I think is very unique uh, in regards to Prince. So we're going to get into that. But for those who don't know, let me just give a little, little bit from what I understand. Now I met, or oh, I let me say this: I first came across Jester or Jesse online. You had uh, some videos you were doing online. You was really early, um, you know, on YouTube and different things talking yeah. about prints man and i remember seeing those and then i remember uh you know piano on a mic was I, I think when i first met you in person met you there at the show saw you there and then i was blown away because uh maybe it was the day after that show they had paisley park open for a party or whatever and they, they were doing the little tours all right. Uh, and, you know, for the listeners, this is, you know, Prince was with us. This was before the, you know, the Paisley Park Museum at the end. Right, had before had. Graceland and yeah, everything. Before all of that. And the person who was the tour guy <laughs> for the tour I went on that gave me my first sort of walk through through there with other fans was, was Jester. I, I was blown away by it because <laughs> I was like, man, I've seen this cat. He even came. I was like, oh, okay, who better? You know what I'm saying? So. I always appreciate that because it was my first time being able to walk through the few places I got to see in there and you right. know to have you uh being the tour guide that that was dope man and and again just as a me seeing a young brother like yourself come up like that I was I really appreciated that man I was and I it just made like the whole that whole experience that night like special because I was like man Prince is a is a cool dude to be able to reach back you know, to the youth, in a sense. Yeah. And, you know, so we and we'll get into that, but I just wanted to kind of put that up in the front. But man, let's back up a little bit and tell people where you're from. Like, where you where'd you grow up at, man? So I'm born in New Orleans, Louisiana, uh, and I stayed there pretty much until Hurricane Katrina in 2005. But New Orleans is my home. Then I moved to Texas right after Hurricane Katrina, and. Mm -hmm. Stayed there pretty much the whole time. It wasn't until 2015 where I was like, I need to get out of Texas. I never really cared for it as much. So I moved to Minnesota in 2015. But I'm born and raised in New Orleans and Texas. Now, when you moved to Minnesota, how, how old were you at that time? Oh, man. So that <laughs> was 2015. I'm 20. So I'm going to be 26 this year. So I was pretty, what, 20. The math is getting me messed up. <laughs> Couldn't good. be more than 24, yeah. About 20, 23, actually. Now, did you move there? Your family moved there, or did you just move there yourself? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, it was just me. I just decided I wanted to leave Texas, so I packed all my stuff, and I just went along with it. Like, okay, I'm a I'm a move to Minnesota. Wow. <laughs> and um, just lasted for a year in total. When I think of just everything that happened since then, but yeah, it was just me. And I mean, what what made you come to Minnesota? Were you already a Prince fan, or was just like, yo, I want to be close to the scene, or or was it what was? Yeah, I mean, it was Prince. Okay, <laughs> I, I have no, uh, you know, it was purely Prince because everything that just started happening in my life at that point, and then with South by Southwest, it was like, okay, if I want to really experience this to the fullness, I need to get out of Texas, and Minnesota was the option. I already had some friends out there. And I felt this would be perfect. This would be the perfect trampoline. I kind of saw Minnesota as a trampoline to help me branch out into other things. Because, um, like I said, I, I didn't really care for Texas as much. I, you know, it was just like, ah, I, I want to be somewhere new, somewhere exciting. And Minnesota was the perfect, perfect spot. What? Uh, when did you uh, get into Prince? Like, when, what, what got you into it? Man, I, it's kind of sketchy because... You know, I didn't. I wasn't raised on Prince's music. I come from a Pentecostal background, so it was mostly just Christian gospel music that I was listening to. Um, but I remember being online, and I, I heard "When Two Are in Love" on YouTube briefly, like mm-hmm. a brief second. And I remember just really liking that groove. And I had LimeWire at the time. Just you know, that's way back. Right, right. And I accidentally downloaded one of his songs, "Adore," and I didn't. I didn't. Know, I thought it was a gospel song at first, just because I wasn't really listening to the words, but the groove. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this is really dope. But it, it didn't really kick off for me until 2010 with uh, the album 2010. I saw a young lady review it, and I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to it song per song. And I heard Compassion and Beginning Endlessly and all these songs. I'm like, oh, and it just, I don't know what happened, but I went through his whole discography within almost like a year. And I saw him at the BET Awards. And um, that's when I really was like, wow, Prince is pretty exciting. And I had a dream about him. The night after the, I saw him at the BT Awards, that I met him and we talked, and it was kind of just like this explosion that happened. My girlfriend remembers enormously because she's like, something just happened where you just started like becoming spazzed out, and I just heard all of his music, and I just start remembering the lyrics, and so yeah, I would say around 2010 is when it really kind of kicked off. Wow! So I want that to resonate with my. You know, the old school fans from back in the day. <laughs> Just to say that, you know, 2010, which is a dope album. and But, you know, that even the later works was hitting, you know, the, yeah. the, the young folks. And was like, yo, this this dude is... I mean, obviously, I'm sure you knew who Prince was at that time. You know? Right. I, I had an understanding of his, his... Yeah, Purple Rain. I, I remember just that my father... You know, he mentioned Purple Rain, and I've it was sketches of Prince that I've seen throughout my life, but it wasn't until I heard 2010 where it was like, wow, this is, it just made me listen more to the instruments, the guitars and the bass and all these other things. And uh, then when did you, you know, start doing your own stuff in terms of you were creating content, like the videos and stuff about Prince? Was this around the same right. time or? Yeah, it was about a year afterwards. I mean, once again, I was listening to him so much at that point, and I kept telling everyone around me about him. And my girlfriend was like, you should just start a channel, you know, talk about (laughs) Prince, Mm -hmm. because you seem to know so much. So around 20, 
2011, late 2011 to 2012, I started a YouTube channel. I was like, okay, I'm gonna just start making album reviews. And so I would make album discussions, talking about different Prince albums that he did that I was really inspired by. And I just started doing that around 2012 and I kept it going. Um, so I would say around 2012, I started just talking about his music, talking about his touring and just kind of what I felt he was doing at the time. So at some point you getting con you get contacted by Prince or Paisley Park or somebody. What what do you think? You know when did that happen and what was it that sort of sparked that uh, connection? Right. So it happened uh, 2013 actually, um, right after he did the screwdriver teaser with Hannah and Donna and the rest of the girls. With her, that girl, I made a video just saying, "Ooh, this is exciting!" Because there was the website and. You know, before that, I will remember saying, oh, Prince should have a website. Prince should just do all of these things. And he started to do it, at least at some form. And so I made a video about that. And then Dr. Funkenberry reached out to me. I'm sure a lot of Prince fans know Dr. Funkenberry. And yeah, shout out to he was me. like, hey, yeah, shout out to Dr. Funkenberry. And um, he was like, hey, um, I got a message from Prince's lawyer and they want to reach out to you. And I mean, at that point, I was like, what? Seriously? I mean, I just couldn't believe it. And it was like, yeah, I mean, they really want to see uh, if they can reach out to you and talk to you. So I, I gave them my information. And at this time is when Prince was doing the Spreecast. So I was really active on the Spreecast with Seth and Dr. Funkenberry and also the live streams okay. that they would do. Shout out so, to Seth um, as well. Good dude. Yes, yeah, shout out to Seth. <laughs> He's a good guy. Um, so yeah, we were... Uh, just I sent them the information and I didn't hear nothing for a while and I, I can't remember when that was I want to say I got notice actually I need to backtrack because before then it was actually October of 2012 I remember reviewing the 1999 album that's when I first got um, notification from Dr. Funkenberry that Prince was watching like these reviews which kind of put a lot of pressure because I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I should keep <laughs> making these reviews because I'm not all the way nice in some of the stuff I'm saying. But uh, anyway, it, it didn't really start coming into fruition, I would say, until that time Dr. Funkenberry saw the video and he said, Prince wants to reach out to you. And I gave him my information. And it wasn't until this precast when, you know, they had me on the show and they were like, hey, you know, you're going to, Prince is going to fly you out to, the show because at that point I haven't I didn't see him live mm. um, and so I was able to get the ticket to uh, South by Southwest when he performed in Austin and that is when it really just went crazy I think for me 2013 so, so, so tell us about that experience you, you get there to the show I mean what how yeah you... well I mean I'm nerve I'm just nervous at this point because I can't believe I'm actually going to a print show and he you know sends a limousine to pick me up from Dallas because I was in Dallas at the time and we drive all the way to Austin nice limousine everything is expense paid I'm just cheesing at this point like my cheeks hurt at <laughs> all levels because I'm like what's going to happen and then I finally get to the hotel and I meet his manager at the time Julia and she's like hey you know we're so excited that you're here uh, Prince wants you to see Andy Allo so we because uh, she was opening she was doing some show before Prince's show. So we saw a little bit of that until they were like, okay, we need to get to the main show because Prince is about to perform. And so we get to the main show. I meet the MPG, Shelby J, Elisa, um, 
just all of the MPG, Hannah, and then I see Third Eye Girl, Josh, and all of them, and they're so happy to see me. And I'm like, I'm happy to see y'all. You know, this is <laughs> this is pretty dope. And um, Tribe Called Quest was actually opening up for Prince, so I got to see them, nice. which that was an amazing show. And then Prince got on stage. He did his thing. It was amazing. I mean, it was like a three-hour, four-hour show. It was a pretty long show. Um, and I just remember just not forgetting that moment because here I am in VIP seeing Prince. Questlove is right next to me. You know, everyone is just packed, you know, going crazy. And then after the show, Julia's like, okay, well, Prince wants to meet you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, yeah, <laughs> Prince wants to, to meet you. So I'm, I'm at this point, I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't even know what to prepare for. So we go outside to his trailer and I see him like just, I just remember his afro and he comes running because he was with Demarius and he comes running towards me and he hugs me and he's like how was the show and I'm like I don't know how to really compose myself at this point and he's just laughing and I'm like oh man like thank you so much you know I really appreciate this and uh, he's like oh yeah no problem and I remember in particular I told Demarius I'm like you are so sexy <laughs> like I don't know what made me say trying to shoot your shot <laughs> <laughs> right and then he just runs out like he runs to the back and he's like oh no oh no you gotta get out you gotta get out you know <laughs> And I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, wait, this show is awesome. And I remember telling him, hey, you know, he didn't play his guitar at all that night. And I was kind of shocked and sad about that because that's one of my, you know, things that I love about Prince is the guitar. And he didn't play it at all. And I, I remember him saying, oh, I didn't have to because the band was tight. And, you know, but, um, yeah, we talked and he just told me how he appreciated my enthusiasm. And he loved that I'm bringing that energy uh, to my videos and that we would meet again. And I'm like, well, I'll, you know, thank you. You know, I really appreciate it. And gave me another hug. And I remember leaving his bodyguard was like, who are you? Because, you know, Prince don't hug nobody. The only person I saw him hug was, was um, whatchamacallit, what's his name? Q-Tip. And I'm like, really? He's mm. like, yeah. So it was, um, I was like, well, I don't, I'm just a fan. And I didn't think any of this would come to be but I'm thankful for it and so afterwards I get on the bus with the band and everyone's just screaming and oh Jester ooh, you know Josh and Liv and they're just you know telling me how happy that they are for me to be there and um, yeah I just will never forget that because riding on the bus back with them and they told me about all of the plans that they were you know planning on going on tour with the Live Out Loud tour and everything and so yeah, that, that it, it was an unforgettable night. I did record a video about it not long afterwards, just to kind of summarize it a bit better. But it was bonkers. <laughs> yeah, God, I don't even know what to say. That sounds uh, incredible, man. That experience, like I love how you said, man. He said he appreciated your energy and enthusiasm, man, and enough to to fly you out, man, and just to have that around. And then, yeah. you know, that's that's really dope, man. Like, wow. So, okay. So you have this incredible experience. For a lot of people, they'd be done at this point. (laughs) Be like, take me out. Take me now. But um, what, so what happens then? So you still had not moved, right, to Minute. Right. At this point, I was still in Texas. And um, after all of that, I didn't know what would happen. You know, I knew that not long after that, he announced that he would be at the Essence Festival. So I definitely was like, okay, I'm going to the Essence Festival because Prince is performing. That's my hometown. So I got a ticket for the Essence. I saw him at the Essence Festival, which was pretty remarkable. 
Um, but then not long after that, that's when I got contacted again with uh, by Princess Camp through Trevor. And he's like, hey, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, coming up and Prince wants to see if you can come out here. So at this point, this is right when the talk of a new album is coming out with that girl. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, I can come out there. And they flew me out. And that is that's another experience that I, you know, I'm so thankful to be a part of because it was me, Leanna Havis, she was out there at this time. And that's when it really just reminded me that I was living in some kind of different universe because here I am out in Minnesota with Leanne LaHavis and, you know, Prince, and I'm getting to hear this new album. So I hear for the first time Plectrum Electrum in full. And I'm, of course, blown away by it. And he's, you know, at this time, he wasn't present. It was just Third Eye Girl. And he was like on the phone. He, he talked to us through the speakerphone and he was just asking me how I felt about the album. And I'm like, oh, well, the album is great. And he just was like, well, you know, when you make a video, you should tell, you know, my music supporters that the album is done. It's coming out. It's not that I'm waiting for it not to be released, but I just want to make sure people can experience it the way you hear it. And of course, I was like, well, I mean, Prince, this is a studio. You have the best sound here. I mean, people won't be able to probably experience it this way. And he's like, no, people should, you know, it shouldn't be compressed. It, people should hear it in this lossless sound. And, you know, little did I know he was way ahead of the time because not long after that, he releases music on Tidal with the best sound. But at the time, I remember him just being frustrated with the compression and he wanted people to experience it that way. Hmm. And so we talk about it and he's like, oh, maybe the album would be released on USB. <laughs> he was just coming up with several different ways for it to be released. And mm -hmm. after the conversation, I was pretty thankful for it. But that was pretty much it, or so I thought. So after that, I said goodbye to the band and then I was just waiting out in the foyer in the the upper front of Paisley Park and Kirk was there and he's and I'm like, well, what do I do now? And he was like, I don't know. You can go in the back with them if you want, but you know, as far as I know, everything's still cool. So I went to the back, um, or I should say Studio C um, of Paisley Park and there's Prince with Third Eye Girl and Leanne LeHavis and he sees me and he gives me a hug again. He, I remember he had this blue kind of suit on and his afro's out and I'm like, hey, you know, everyone's dancing because there's a lot of music playing. Let, let me, let me ask me, you one question. Just I want to yeah. set the picture. Like how many people you say you were waiting? I don't know. You said in the foyer or something. But like how many people were there? Was this a crowded situation or was just a few people? No, it was it was only. OK, so it was me, Leanne LeHavis and her manager. It was Donna, Hannah, Ida and Josh. So that's it. I should oh. put it like that. Yeah. Okay, wow. So it was just a very, I mean, basically the band, you know, the band and the people band, that's supposed right. to be there, but it wasn't like some whole bunch of people from the outside standing around to see yeah. a show or something. No, it wasn't. Okay. It was right, it was just situation. us. All right. Private situation, yeah. And so they were all listening to music. I get in, and once again, Prince, he sits me down in his chair. And after the song plays, you know, everyone's just clapping like, oh, this is a dope song. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to give this to Mary J. Blige or something. And we were like, huh. what? You're not going to keep it? And he's like, no, nah, but I want you to listen to this. And this was the first time I heard something from Artificial Age. At this point, remember, no one knew he was going to release a double album. We just know. Hold, so he hold on one second because you, you're cutting yeah. out when you said whatever you just said. So we're going to. OK. Oh, no. And I want to back up to one thing here, too. So. 
this week to its okay. thing straights out. Just you said he you said he said a song. This is for Mary J. Blige. Do you remember what that song was, by any chance? I don't remember what it was. It was untitled. I do know it was untitled. He just mentioned that he would give it to her. Is it a song that has you heard since then come out? Maybe that's he sang or something, or you just never heard it again? I've never heard it again. I've been keeping up ever since then. I remember keeping up with Mary J. Blige to see if I would hear <laughs> okay. it again. But it's, no, I haven't actually. All right. And so then you said uh, you were, he, he was going to start playing something. You mentioned Artificial Age. So you can go, go into that. Right. So at this point, no one knew he was going to release a double album, that it was going to be Plectrum Electrum and Artificial Age. So he sits me down and he's like, listen to this. And he plays the gold standard. And at this point, as soon as I hear it, I don't know what it was, but I just start dancing. It just was like electricity just shot through me and I just started getting like dancing with Leanne LeHavis and the rest of them. And he was just laughing, like just going crazy <laughs> laughing. And it was just like, oh, you like it, you like that. Oh, wait, 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 I have more. And then afterwards he played, you know, um, and I remember just really like, whoa, this is it's I mean, it, it just sounded like and nothing I've never heard because, you know, the, you know, it has that kind of rap flow mm -hmm. and it's, it was just different. And I'm like, man, this is really good. And he's like, yeah, you like that. You like it. Well, that's it. <laughs> and um, so everyone's just like, you know, we're we're just speechless. We're not saying much after all of that because the energy is just tense with whoa and the wow factor. And he starts talking about various things. He started joking around about people's accents from Scandinavia and Germany. And there was one point I remember him saying something very like deep and <laughs> everyone didn't know how to really receive it because it was almost like, wait, what? And he was like, oh, I'm just going to leave now. And I think I'm getting too ethereal. For you guys and we're like no 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 don't leave we just we're just waiting and so um and then afterwards he takes me and leanne lav it's just the both of us he's like follow me i'm gonna show you all something else and so he takes us to the control room and we watch the video from uh for indifference uh so it's just him playing the guitar with that girl and it's it's unedited i know he eventually released the indifference video on title but you see like a filter, you can't make out the faces or whatever as much. But the version he showed us was just unfiltered. Um, okay. So he, he had a black shirt on. I remember him saying, I don't have any makeup on, so don't judge me. <laughs> we were <laughs> like, no, it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. And he's, so we are watching this video just like amazed. And you know, there's a part in that song where he says, you know, you act like a whore. And I remember Leanne LeHavis like, hey, Prince, that's quite naughty of you, you know. And <laughs> he just kind of shakes his head like, no, 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 it's not like that. Um, but, yeah, we watched the video. And, it, I mean, we were just I, I was so full at this point, And, you know, I'm talking with him and I'm telling him, you know, Prince, what you're doing is pretty remarkable. I'm not an oven. I'm a, or I'm not a microwave. I'm like an oven. It's going to take me a while to to process all of this. But I appreciate the opportunity. And. He's like, oh, no problem. And so I just am like, hey, you know, I, I, I'm speechless. And I love you for everything you've done. And hopefully we can talk soon. And he's just like, I love you back and have a, you know, remaining good trip. And that was it. And that was 2014. And so I come home, I record all of it, and it's history. Let, let me ask yeah. you this. Uh, what was your – I get from you that you are an artist – but I wanted to hear from you in terms of what capacity uh, of art that you think you do. And I'm asking you this because I'm curious, these experiences, 
and going into Paisley Park and seeing a person like Prince on such a personal level and him playing you his art, you know, I'm sort of gathering that he's sort of getting or gathering sort of the energy or uh, how it affects you and he wants to see what you think about it. But I want to know how does that influence you or make you feel as an artist uh, right. Moving forward, I'm just very curious. Like, what do you? What is it that you you do art wise? Right. Well, I'm a writer. That's okay. my first love. I would say writing is my main um, fix and something that I've been doing for as long as I can remember. Uh, the videos came a bit afterwards because I felt that would be a great way to demonstrate the passion that I have for writing. Because a lot of times I'll make a video reading a poem or reading a essay that I wrote. But writing is, I would say, my main, my main influence. And with that, so like, I mean, to make the, I assume there's a, a level of risk and sort of, you know, hey, I'm going to go over here at 22 and I'm just going to go to Minneapolis. Um, right. So talk to me about how is, is there the, the influence of actually being able to go in there and sit at Prince's chair in the studio and, <laughs> yeah. and listen to this and just that freedom of all of that. I'm just very curious, like, how does that how does that motivate you or move you? Well, it was very once again, it was a risk. I knew it was a risk. I mean, but I also knew I had friends out there in Minnesota and they were going to help me get my feet wet, so to speak. Um, and I I just knew I had to do a risk because I knew I couldn't stay in Texas. I didn't want to stay in Texas. That's another thing. I wanted to leave. I wanted a new experience. And Minnesota just was the perfect experience. And I knew if I wanted to go deeper, which I did, I wanted to go deeper with this experience and I wanted it to manifest something higher. I had to move to Minnesota. It was almost like it's either stay in Minnesota or possibly get a call you know, it was either that. And I, I knew I wanted to go to Minnesota, so I just said, hey, I'm going to go. And it worked out because not long after I moved there, I mean, I had other jobs, but I would say around April is when I got the call back. And Trevor was like, hey, can you, can you do something? And so I was always doing something, but it wasn't until I decided that I moved where it became full time and something crucial how did you so you when you and your family is back in texas is that right yep they're all in texas I mean, what yeah. part of texas is this they're in dallas arlington dallas. Okay. or duncanville yeah duncanville all right so what did your i don't assume your mom or your dad what did they think of you moving when you explain that to them well they always knew i was a bit <laughs> more of a risk taker because you know Three years before 2013, or just before I moved to Minnesota, I first came to Sweden in 2010. And I think they were more surprised mm-hmm. by that when I decided to get my passport and say, hey, I'm going to Sweden for a month. Um, but because of that experience, they weren't too surprised because I've already demonstrated a sense of independence and taking my own strides okay. whenever the motivation comes. So they were pretty excited for me because they knew I didn't want to stay in Texas. And they also knew that based off of Prince reaching out to me before that I could potentially get into something even more, you know, exciting. So they were very supportive of that decision. What, what, what motivates a young brother from New Orleans to, <laughs> to, to go to Sweden originally? Um, well, my now fiance, <laughs> okay. uh, my, my girlfriend, she, you know, we have been knowing her. We talked for a while and, it was just a distance thing. It's like, okay, she lives in Sweden and I live in America and we want to make a relationship, but that can't happen unless 
you know, one of us leaves our home place to meet each other. And so it was really just my, I knew it had to happen. She was supposed to actually meet me in New Orleans, but things didn't work out to where that happened. So I just like, I'm gonna get my passport and I'm gonna come out. And I, and that's what I did. And that was scary in itself, but it ended up being something that worked out. So. Now you let me know if I'm getting too much into your business, <laughs> but I think it's, 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 I think it's interesting. Uh, are you able? How, how did you meet uh, the young lady? And I I assume this is the young lady that I saw you with uh, yeah, at Paisley yep. Park. Okay, beautiful young lady. That's man. her. Right, so yeah, thank you. Well, at that point, you know, I I guess you know it's kind of funny when I think about it. I've been on YouTube for so long. I just I it's just not until recently where I. I stopped kind of making videos as regular, but I used to have another channel and I would make random videos about whatever. And one of those videos caught her attention and we just kind of communicated out of that and we okay. kept the communication. And was that initial, so when you went to Sweden, was that the first time you guys actually saw each other? Yeah, real physically. Okay. Right. Physically, okay. yeah. So mm -hmm. I know that was yep. a powerful Getting off that, that was plane. powerful yeah. and scary because I didn't know if it was going to be some other person. I mean, I knew it was going to be her, but it was just the scare of it. You know, right. being in another country, I never left America at that point. So, I mean, I'm in cold Sweden for the first time to meet someone, uh, but it ended up working like I didn't have that. I wasn't catfished. <laughs> Neither was she. <laughs> nah, yeah. I, I, but that that's amazing, man. I mean, uh, did you so you yeah you went there now your parents did you tell them why you i was i'm assuming you told them originally well, i'm going to because i know you you said y'all family's from new orleans yeah new orleans, I, and yeah. I, so i can imagine you correct me if i'm wrong your 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 kim folk was like you ought to do what <laughs> man at the time yeah because i mean i was fresh out of high school and so i was like hey, i'm going to the peace corps like it's before i go to the peace corps i gotta you know there's like I made up some shit, to be honest. <laughs> it wasn't, I didn't just go out the bat and be like, oh, I'm meeting. But when I got there, you know, I posted a picture of us kissing and my mom was like, uh-huh, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so, but they were accepting. They, 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 they received it. My parents, you know, shout out to them for not being as crazy as some of my experiences have been, mm. they've been quite open and acknowledging that I'm my own person and they they don't judge me in that regard. They never came against any of those decisions. So now that's that's a beautiful thing and, and you know, because, you know, traditionally, you know, us some African Americans, particularly uh, you know, from right. the south and different things, sort of branching out into other things is something that we don't a lot of times we don't think that's for us or we don't even try to entertain, you know, stepping outside of sort of traditional type right, of stuff. Exactly. Right. So that's yeah. why I think it's it's amazing because, you know, you did that. You went to Sweden. And then I think, you know, just kind of putting that out there in the universe that, yeah, I'm willing to, you know, do this, these different things. And then I think that's that energy of you doing the videos. Probably the videos, I guess is what connects you to, you know, your fiance, is what connects you to Prince, right? Yeah. You putting yeah. yourself out there, man, and then you start receiving these things back from your energy and, and your personality of who you are attracts these 
like-minded or these things that are there for you that you would have probably have mm-hmm. never gotten just staying in new orleans or staying in dallas right right exactly yeah. um so okay so you moved to minneapolis uh and yeah. there's another young lady i, I want you to shout out because i can't think of her name but every time i've been there i've seen her in some capacity uh sister girl uh is it joe or it, something or joe uh well there's a joe that i know from chicago no she I have lives another... there in, in minneapolis you you, you know her because i just can't think of her name okay <sighs> um i mean ever since april 21st a lot of people moved i know danny was danny, that's my that's, best friend that's danny okay. yes okay yeah, yeah. i yeah. love danny danny was my <laughs> That's like we were Bonnie and Clyde. Like anytime I was at Paisley Park, she was there with me, um, and we were, we made videos together often. Yes. Like she would actually review the parties with me. Yeah, she she lives in Atlanta now. She's not oh, in okay. Minnesota no more. Okay. But yeah, like yeah, it's Danny. Danny. Oh, that's shout my girl. out to Danny. I've only just shout out to Danny. Met her yeah. just kind of briefly, <laughs> but yeah, she always was like to me was like she was just official. You know, she was just you know she was like she was fun. Uh, yeah, incredible dancers, was, you know, her right, energy. Yeah. She just came in the energy, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna have a good time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so, yeah Danny was, people. yeah, Danny's cool people. Danny is, yeah, we had like a purple, we called it a purple posse. Um, okay. Our true blues is what even Prince and Kirk came up for us because we would be the ones who would always be at Paisley. It was Danny, me, Nancy, Tamiko, Samantha, just a couple of people okay. that always showed up. We would always be there. I yeah. love that. Yeah, man. So yeah, shout out to Danny. Um, so that that's dope because, like you said, you moved out there, and I assume people like Danny is some you know people that can kind of hold you down and say, "Yo, we you come on out here, we got you." Do yeah, your thing. yeah. They helped me a great deal for sure. Okay. And then, so when did so you moved out there? So how did you know Prince and and everybody over there sort of know that? Oh, you know Jesse moved here now. You know. <laughs> Well, see, that's the thing. Like, it wasn't until because I moved out there in January, like early January, January 7th, I think, is when I first came out. And it was cold, you know, <laughs> of course, obviously. But it was like I came the, the coldest day in a while. Like, it was extremely cold. And I just was like, OK, now that I'm here, I got to work. I got to make a living. So I ended up working at Chipotle for a while. Okay. And that held me down for a bit. And then it wasn't until March, I would say. It really happened with Judith Hill. You know, Judith Hill, this was right in the beginning of her new album. So they they reached out to me and it's like, hey, Judith Hill is having a listening party. And so we got a chance to listen to her album before it came out. And it was just the seven of us, I guess. Just me, Danny, Nancy, Samantha, Tamiko, Denise, a couple other my friends. And we're just listening to this album and we're blown away by it, you know, and this is, that's why that album still means so much to me because it reminds me of all of those experiences. Mm-hmm. But um, we, yeah, we heard that album and that was like around March or April. And then the next month Prince did the, uh, he did his, sh- the first show I remember him doing in uh, at Paisley Park in 2015. It was the record store jam. And, you know, we went to that and then, he you know he would do parties regularly and then sometimes he would just invite us he would just call us out when he would rehearse and we would go to these shows that a lot of people didn't know about Mm -hmm. um but that would say the first time it happened was around march that's when it really started kicking up and i really started working regularly around may i would say may was when it 
it was like okay whenever they needed me for anything i was there and, and give me an example like you know what sort of thing would you be doing you know so he would sometimes call me out to run the teleprompter for rehearsals Oh. And that was that was always amazing because that's what, one of the things I appreciate for Prince is that he knew I've always been about his music. I'm not into the controversy. I'm not into ooh, blah, blah, blah. I just <laughs> love the music, you know. And so for him to invite me in to just run the teleprompter while he's going into all of these songs was always something that I really, you know, I'm just so thankful for it. And it was running the teleprompter. Sometimes he would have me just to... I mean, the tours came, I would say, towards the end of the year, like with phase one. I remember I went on one tour that Josh had, and then afterwards, Kirk was like, hey, Prince wants you to do the tours. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you got to do them now. And he's like, I'm going to give you the script tomorrow, and you'll start tomorrow. Wait, so- wait, wait, wait. Slow, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> you blowing me away. <laughs> so you went on tour? I didn't know these things. So this- Oh, okay. Well, I should mention, yeah, so phase one, you know, he had listening parties for phase one. And Joshua Welton, since he was the co-producer, he would invite people in to listen to, you know, the songs that he was working on. So we we heard, I remember listening to the isolated instruments from Million Dollar Show and Shut This Down, all of these other things. And so I was sitting in on all of those listening sessions. See, at this point, I didn't even know why. I, was, I, kn- I know I was there and I was happy, but I didn't know I was going to end up doing them. Um, but... It was around September, you know, he was giving these listening parties. And then at the end, Kirk's like, hey, Prince wants you to do the tours now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I missed yeah. I'm thinking you said you went on tour, uh, this, but you're talking oh, about the tours there. Oh, no. Paisley, yeah. Okay. I did. At Phaser Park, yeah. Okay, yeah. wow. So he wants you to do the tours. Right. And so I got the script and I started doing the tours whenever he had them. And that was obviously very exciting and nerve-wracking at first but i kind of molded myself into it fairly easy because it wasn't hard to just talk about the legacy and just what he was doing at that time and what it meant for him and he wanted people to have a fun experience he wanted people to know that there was a lot of history and that was really fun to talk about so doing these tours uh i would imagine i mean so were you did you have I guess access where you were been walking or going through these, this place, Paisley Park, before that you've obviously seen a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, be, before the tours, no, it was no, I never went beyond the main, okay. you know, soundstage and the uh, love for one other room. But then when I started doing the tours, I got to see the studios and that it became a bit more interactive, um, and it was just it was mind blowing. I got to see the studios and then actually have Prince indicate to me what certain instruments were and what his history was with those instruments. And um, it became just a blossoming experience. Um, and yeah, it was, it was bonkers. Give us a little insight on what those, that particular tour, those tours were, just so people can kind of see how they may be different from what you know they, they do today. I mean, what kind of things were on the tour then? Well, it was, I mean, at this point, he it wasn't like now when you go to Paisley Park, you get to see the atrium. And when I was doing it, that was not available because that was his private living area. So you didn't got to, you, you weren't able to see the atrium or, um, you know, just the front of Paisley Park. But uh, I mainly took people through the awards. Like you walk in, you remember since you were there, you saw the, the different awards. And then we 
take them to Studio B and C and A, and I explain to them the different relationships that Prince has with the instruments, the OBX, or AKA the Beast Machine that he would record a lot of his hits on. Um, and I let them go through the uh, studio where you hear like the basketball court, where it was his basketball court. And um, at the time there were clothes, just some of the clothes he was wearing at the time during Third Eye Girl that people got a chance to see. I think now, and if you're on a studio tour at Paisley Park, you definitely see more, but the joy and the thrill in going to a tour when I was doing it was Prince could show up. You know, that was the main reason why a lot of people went because he would occasionally show up and people would just not know how to react because, you know, you see Prince walking and talking it was very very interesting for a lot of people it was something that they'll never forget so that's what made my tours a bit different and then i was it was me and for a brief moment a friend of mine tamiko would shadow me during my tours just to be kind of like my security to make sure people weren't touching anything mm-hmm. but it was just pretty much it was just me doing the tours at the time and um we would have up to 25 people um, just coming through and obviously a lot of them came to see Prince and that didn't always happen but it was still fun for people to just I mean because at the time once again it was just a different feel the incense the candles the smell of Paisley Park it just captivated you and you never knew wow what was uh, uh would see. how did how did the the people uh, sort of react. I mean, did you have to tell people don't touch this or was people yeah. respectful? Or, you know? I always had to be like, don't touch nothing because <laughs> it was very motivating to touch something. Um, so I, I was, I would just tell people, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a supporter like you guys. If you're here, I'm more than sure you're here because you, you appreciate Prince in some capacity. And I would go through just what they would see and to be respectful of his privacy because this was a place that Prince lived um, so don't touch anything. Touch with your eyes. There's going to be a lot to experience. Um, and people were quite respectful. I mean, there was one time I remember, I believe it was the same tour you that day, that same day on the 23rd of January 2016 when Prince came out um, and I saw him and I was I was like, hey, and he's like, hey, what are you doing here? And I'm like, you know, I'm just touring. And um, he had a case of cookies and he was like, uh, do you yeah. want to? give them cookies and I gave a lot of the people who were there some cookies and you know <laughs> he was very unpredictable when it came to when he would show up and sometimes he would talk and sometimes he would just say hey and bye but it would always be an experience man yeah I remember hearing I think I was there that day but that was like the tour right before mine or something like that right okay. I, I remember hearing about that yeah um, man so all of that I'm well, uh, that that the show, you know, the piano on a mic show. I'm just curious, what were your thoughts on that performance? You know, that oh well, time? just to back for it a bit before piano and mic. You know, the first time I knew he was doing the piano and microphone tour is in November of 2015. Mm-hmm. I got a call from Trevor and they're like, "Hey, you know, Prince wants you out. There's something serious that's about to happen." And so I'm obviously happy and nervous at the same time. So I get to Paisley, and this is when Prince had the European journalists. Okay. So mm-hmm. I did a tour for them and I, I was not expecting to do a tour for, you know, all of these high profile European journalists coming from around the world. And it was me and Trevor together and we were doing a tour. And then afterwards, you know, Trevor pulls out the pamphlet. I still have it. This is right when he was going to do the first piano and microphone tour before the gala was even mentioned. Um, so 
I was like, wait, he's going on tour for this? And he's like, yeah, he's serious about this. Um, so, and I was actually going to go on that tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was going to be in, you know, Europe and mm-hmm. Spain, all of these different places. And I remember just being really excited for it because the energy around this time was just new. Because while he was doing this piano microphone, he was still rehearsing with Adrian and Donna and Mano Neon. So they were there and they were rehearsing with him. And it was just, I can't even describe the energy. It was just so new. It felt like, wow, that girl is over. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's on to something else. And it's only been two years. So it was just a very exciting time. And unfortunately, you know, with the ticket scalping and the terrorist attacks in Paris, that didn't actually come into fruition. But just to know that he had the advance uh, insight to do the piano microphone and the fact that I was going to be a part of that, just running a teleprompter, which I'm cool with. I mean, at that point, I was like, I can carry your guitar, clean your shoes, <laughs> whatever is necessary, <laughs> you know. So it was pretty, pretty, pretty exciting. And um, but yeah, but when he finally did the gala, it was just I mean, that still goes down as one of the best shows I've ever seen because it was such an intimate thing. He was so personal um, and to those who were there you know just how amazing it was to just see prince on the piano you know going personal with a lot of the things we didn't know and sharing his life story but i remember experiencing just a sense of i didn't know what to believe after it was just like it just felt a bit kind of full circle you know and then when you look at the moon and everything and how prince has just been very clear on his relationship with the moon coming full circle it felt it did feel final in some sense for me because he had never been that personal and I just couldn't see him going on stage playing guitar anymore or whatever uh, so I just remember being satisfied but also kind of like what is, what's, what's going to happen what's, what's next you know I don't know so it was uh, pretty remarkable were you around for the rehearsals for that in terms of doing the teleprompter and things or well, I was around for the, I would say he was rehearsing a lot with Mano Neon, Adrian, and Donna in November. So I went to several rehearsals with that. And he was doing songs that he didn't do in a while. Open Book, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that one. Mm-hmm. I remember he was like, did you see I put a new song? Can you cue it? And I was like, oh, Open Book, you know, because that's, that's the one, that's the song a lot of people are familiar with if you, you know, wear any bootlegs. <laughs> and he was doing songs like that. And I remember just that's some of the, my favorite experiences just to see him performing songs that he didn't do in a while. Like, um, but that's when it kind of came full circle. I would say in November, uh, but December he didn't do so much. And then January was the gala. And I remember saying right after the piano and microphone show, you know, I went to New Zealand for a month or three months actually. So I told them, I told, you know, Prince, I was like, Hey, I'm going to, um, New Zealand for three months. I want to do something creative. I just had this project that I wanted to come into fruition. He's like, all right, I'll see you when I get back. But the uh, last time I got a chance to talk to him was uh, the last day of the piano microphone, the 23rd. It was after the show, and he calls me in. I'm waiting to get my check, basically, at this point. So I'm just, (laughs) everyone's gone, and (laughs) I'm like... (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, Kirk is like, wait, hold on. All right, all right. And then Prince comes out. And uh, he's like, he, he comes with this box of CDs and he and he places it in my hand and he's like, let's talk. So he gives me these box of CDs and then we meet, I meet him in the uh, conference room and he just starts talking to me about how, you know, you are the new power generation. It's up to you guys to bring forth a 
new sound. And he's just talking to me, to me about various things. And he mentions to me the movie Blow. He's like, have you ever seen the movie Blow? And I'm like, with Johnny Depp? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, I want you to sell these CDs and you keep the profit, you know? I'm like, I keep the profit. He's like, yeah. I mean, this is the phase two CD. So at this time, I'm like, this was a lot for me to receive. You know, it was, what, three o'clock in the morning at this point. And he's like, yeah, you should. It's up to you guys to to share the music. So he was talking about not wanting to do uh, a new website because, remember, people were like, oh, there should be a website. And Prince was really just on Twitter. He's like, I've done the MPG Music Club already. Um, it's time for the fans to just share uh, what I've done. And so I'm getting all of this information. And um, at this point, it was a lot of tension. When I, if, if After I got the CDs and I left, I went to Perkins, where everyone usually goes after Paisley right. Park, and I tell them about, hey, you know, here's Prince's CDs. He wants the fans to sell them. And I mean, when I remember when I first mentioned that some fans, cause there were a lot of people there. A lot of people were kind of pissed <laughs> because right. they're like, what, why do you, why would you keep the profit? Like, ah, you know, I don't get it. Like it, oh, it was yeah, just a lot of hating. commotion. Yeah. Hating and just confusion. Um, but it ended up working out cause eventually there were a couple of people started selling, you know, the phase two CDs. And I was in contact with Marone and a couple other people. I had to go out to Electric Fetus and ask them if they could stock the CD and they were willing to do that. And I just remember it just being such a a moving thing. But I also knew, I was like, hey, I'm going to Minnesota. I mean, I'm going to New Zealand. I don't want to be selling no CDs in uh, wait, New wait, Zealand. This is, this is interesting. So, I mean, how many CDs do you think he gave you? Like there were about 30, 30, 30 in the box. Yeah, yeah 30, it was just about 30. And this album yeah. had not come out. Was it on title at this point or no? Uh, I believe it was on title at this okay. point, yeah. But, but not the, the physical. Physical, guy. Yeah. Now, so, oh, so did he actually give you your check or was the check them CD? Yeah. <laughs> I did get the check, okay. well, the cash. Get the bag. At that point, that's, yeah. I mean, that's one thing about Prince. He paid in cash and I did get the cash. Um, but then it was extra cash because I could have charged whatever I wanted and I wasn't going to go crazy. I think I just sold it for $14, uh, but I mean, it was a nice payback. And I mean, looking back, I kind of wish I sold more because I could have sold more, but I, at the time I just didn't want to, I was so focused on characters in the wind that I didn't see it from a business standpoint of making money. I knew others would. And in fact, a lot of people ended up selling phase two CDs and they made a good profit from it too. Um, but I wasn't necessarily, uh, invested in that aspect. I knew others would, I mean, I did for the first box and that was good money. Um, but there were some people who sold hundreds of CDs, people, CDs to California, CDs to Europe and various places before it went on Amazon or whatnot. So that's actually incredible. If you take, you know, taking a artist, and the stature of Prince. Prince. We're talking about Prince. And right. he said, yo, here go my album. You keep the money. Like, that's so unheard of. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, literally, he's the plug. And he's like, yo, I don't even want the profits, man. Here go the dope. Go eat. You know, just <laughs> right. put my put my dope out there. Get, spread it out there. Spread this message. That's incredible that he was in a place to do that. You know, at, 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 in his yeah. career, where he's like, "Yo, young man, this you, this is for you. Go out there and yeah, know, that's that's cool. <laughs> it, 
It was, it was, yeah. That's how I react. I'm like, wait, I keep the profit. He's like, yeah, you, you take it, you know. And mm. I, I just found that to be so mind blowing because once again, I didn't know how to receive it. I was thankful for it. And in retrospect, you know, just thinking of all of the things he was talking to me about, it was, it was just something I never. That room, you know, it was just me, him, and Kirk in that room, and he, you know, he was just like brother the brother. Take the you take the profit, you know, and and you 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 have something, you guys. And he was like, "You're going to Perkins, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, of course, because that's where we always go." Oh. He's like, "You know, tell this to my fans, tell this to our my supporters, because he didn't use the word fans, but you know, tell this to my music supporters that that they can do it too." That'd have been a cold move if you'd have walked in there and per- Perkins with Prince. <laughs> I was like, right. Woo. <laughs> like, my yeah. big boss is here. Let's sit down and chop it up. They'd be like, what? Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, man, because uh, you, you mentioned Kirk. And shout out to Kirk. But, you know, a lot of people that, you know right. have things to say about Kirk and things. And I've never met him right. personally. Um, but it's comfortable or whatever you want to speak on it you said it was you and Kurt and Prince in that room right uh, chopping it up uh, I'm, I, I'm gonna ask this on my journalistic side but I'm keeping very respectful <laughs> so, what kind of you know what kind of person in your opinion was Kirk man it sounded like he was you know Kirk holding it down man, and Kirk was, was cool Kirk Kirk was the guy man I still talk to Kirk to this day and okay. Kirk always was respectful. He was all about business. You know, that's one thing I appreciate about him because he knew the dynamics because people forget Kirk has been around for a long time. Right. I mean, that was his right-hand man. And Kirk always approached everything with respect. I've never had any problems with him. He's, you know, he was cool. In fact, when I went to New Zealand, you know, I was hanging out with my friend Jeremy and his sister, and I knew when he announced he would go to New Zealand to do the piano and microphone, I didn't have tickets. And in fact, I believe the tickets sold out. And I, Kirk was the only one there with Prince at the time. And I'm like, hey, Kirk, can you, can you hook, hook me a up? Brother up. <laughs> hook a brother up with three tickets, please. <laughs> and, you know, he was able to do it. He was like, oh, no problem. You know, and I mean, that's just a personal thing, but just the character of Kirk, he's always been respectful. I've never... I don't understand why people are coming against Kirk in any way because I think he definitely loved Prince. He definitely loved what he was doing. Um, and he was all about business. And when I say all about business, I mean, you know, there'll be times, you know, people will come and kind of get crazy because, you know, it's Prince and they want to get to the person who's closer to Prince. And mm. Kirk would always, you know, he, he was very much about owing privacy he knew that prince was very serious about privacy very serious about not letting people you know mess up what he was what he had going on and kirk maintained that and he's the type of dude that's like i'm gonna do whatever i can to make sure prince gets what he gets so that he's happy then we all happy you know that was his his um his motto so i mean he was always cool with me he would always crack jokes always you know just be smooth and Always ask how I was doing. He was a cool guy. All right. Yeah. When, where, where were you at, man, when you heard the news, you know, that, you know, Prince had passed, man, and something was, well, let me ask you, when you heard there was something was going on at Paisley Park and they, you know, they didn't say it was Prince, right. but. Well, I mean, I was still in New Zealand at this point, and um, I remember getting a message from a friend and 
She's like, did you hear? I mean, this was at this point, it was I mean, it was a big hour difference from New Zealand to Minnesota. I want to say it was around four o'clock in the morning. I remember my phone ringing and they're like, did you hear? And I'm like, did I hear what? And it's like, well, it just doesn't look good. Something's happening at Paisley Park. It said someone, you know, fell down. And I'm like, oh, I got to be Kirk. Sadly, you know, I, I actually thought it was Kirk or some worker there. And I was like, I don't know, Jesse, it just doesn't look good. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm up at this point. I'm alert because at that point, there were a lot of weird things happening for me. There was the uh, Twitter avatar. I'm on Twitter regularly, so I don't know. People who weren't on Twitter probably wouldn't catch this, but um, he changed his avatar with a tear. And I remember when I first saw that, I'm like, why would he do that? That just was so strange to me. (laughs) You know, like Prince is seeing as Prince is the visual person, you know, Prince has always been about visuals. What, you know, he's very particular of how he shows himself. And so seeing a tear on his avatar was really freaky. And I remember when I first saw that, that's when I was like, something's happening. I don't know what's happening, but it's weird. And then he changed it back. But still, when that happened, I thought that was strange. And then when the emergency landing happened, that was also like, that's weird. Why would he do a party? Like, why would he throw a party after that? Like, it just, it didn't. And I was kind of sad because I wanted to be there. And I wasn't coming to Minneapolis till May. My flight was from like May 3rd. And I was talking to Marone and all the people working like, hey, Prince has you scheduled for tours. Because I was more so looking at it from a futuristic standpoint. He was planning on doing so much in 2016, like, there were so many parties that were planned, and I was so happy for it because it was going to be crazy. Paisley Park was going to be filled with so many different performers, people like Beyonce, Janelle Monet. Like, this was a big thing he was planning on doing. Yeah, I was in talks with him and a couple of other people, and he, he had so much plans for 2016. And that's what made it just such a surprise. And so when I finally found out that um, he had passed away, I, I couldn't believe it. I just thought how could that happen especially in preparation for what was going to happen so i mean it oh it it tore me up inside because it just felt so weird but then after all of my emotions kind of rested i you know when you think about it like i said the piano and microphone all i'll say is that prince lived a very full life and when you think of all of what he's done and just how and i was just thinking about my journey which started in 2013 and terms of me working with him you know in general prince seems to work in cycles in a way you know like every three years there's a new band there's a new feel that's how it generally is you know and 2013 2016 that's three years um and i'm not into numerology or making or connecting dots in that kind of way all the way but i am suggesting that i think prince lived such a full life he you know he came with the afro he left on the afro it just felt like he, I knew he had another funky trick up his sleeve. He could have always surprised us with something new. But it, at the same time, it still felt like he was saying something and he had what he had to say. And he was like, all right, there it is, you know. And it was on the full moon, too. It just, it, I don't know, it's, when I think about it, it's like, wow, Prince lived the life he set out to live. And he, he went beyond. Like, I know he could have done something new, but when you think in retrospect what he's done, like that man has done, like he's done everything. Mm. He's really done everything. Um, so it's sad and it's always a surprise, but I can't help but think of just the fullness of his life. And I feel like he lived, he came full circle in a way. It just, it just the sudden, the sudden aspect, it, it still shakes me up. But yeah. How, how does that, you know, how does the effect that, you know, you, you, 
you said he called y'all the true blue. You know, right. your you know whole crew there. Uh, I assume you did come back to Minneapolis at some point. Um, yeah, well, I came back. Um, I mean, well, right after it happened, I was torn. I didn't want to go to Minneapolis because I didn't want to experience the weight of that grief mm-hmm. that early because I just had left New Zealand, which was a wonderful experience, three months and somewhere new. I felt like going to Minneapolis would be just heartbreaking too early. So I went with my fiance. She was living in London at the time, finishing up her school. So I stayed out there with her for a while. Then I went to Sweden, back to Sweden. And it wasn't until maybe July, I said, okay, I need to go back to Minneapolis for a while just to hang out with the family, you know, just to hang out with my crew. And so I stayed out there for maybe three weeks or so. And then I left again. Um, But we all, you know, we all got together and grieved (laughs) because, um, yeah, it it was hard, man, just thinking about you know, just the concept of how it all started. You know, I go out there in 2015 and I'm having all these experiences. And then a year later, he's like, not here anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was it was just an adjustment. And I knew within myself, you know, the whole purpose of me having this project, Characters in the Wind, was to go where, to go with where the wind takes me and to just kind of follow mm-hmm. the wind and follow the whim of inspiration. And it was just a new era. It just felt like something new had arrived and I just had to get used to it. Um, and that's what I ended up doing. But um, it was definitely something that challenged and helped me see that every day is an opportunity, that every day is a moment to use for your service of others and for yourself to be inspired. Um, but it was it was a ride. Like Prince, Prince is the only artist I can think of that literally takes you on the journey. Um, his, from the, the first time you listen to his album, to the last song, it's like there's always so many different textures, so many different sounds, so many different layers, and it's a journey to experience. And when you finally finish or when you finally arrive, it's like, did that happen? Did that just happen or was it a dream, you know? So So you you've you know, and now currently you are in Sweden, correct? Right. Yep. Uh and I mean man, in I'm sorry, you said you're twenty six? About to be 26? 26 in May, yeah. 26 May in May. Very young. Yeah. Dude, listen, man. And you can tell me, you know, I'm probably double your age, but I'm learning, <laughs> listening to, you know, what you've been through and your experiences in such a short amount of time. And, and I love the risks you take. And you, you took action. You're taking action. Uh, what? So, you know, the weight of this to me is like, you know, Getting, you know, one of our legends, our icons, you know, one of the great, greatest to ever do this thing connects with you, right? Reaches out, right. brings you into the situation. You know, he untimely passes. You know, he he tells you, you 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 are the next. You're the new generation. You, you, you know, y'all have to carry this thing to the next right. level. Uh, what's the next thing for you? I mean, to, what, what are you... Obviously, you understand, you know who Prince was and you know what right. Prince means. And I also would say this too, watching your videos. I know you know, you also uh, understand, and some people are not going to understand what I'm saying here, but you understand the weight of Michael Jackson too. Yeah. And know that, you know, so right. mm-hmm. actually being able to be, you know, sort of called upon by one of the greats. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Right. To bring you in to me is a is a deep thing, man. Like 
and I'm sure you get the appreciation and understand the magnitude of that, but what's the next thing for Jesse, you know? Well, I'm just, I'm still kind of following the model of characters in the ring in a way, although I am finding a bit more savability. Um, but I, I love improvising and just following the next. Um, but I'm writing more. I plan on releasing a book pretty soon um, because I have had a bit more time to think about some of the experiences I've had. And it's kind of surprising to me, but I don't, I guess, stick, I don't stay where I have moved past from. But when I reflect and I think of the different things that's happened and what I want to do, it just encourages me to do more. So I tell people I'm writing until the pen runs out. Mm -hmm. So I'm just continually writing and finding more purpose in that while also maintaining the risk factor. I think it's always important to just challenge yourself. And I'm challenging myself with new experiences. I'm challenging myself learning this new language of Swedish, which is difficult, <laughs> not the easiest, but it's something I need to do while I'm here. Um, and I just plan on traveling more, learning more, you know, gaining more knowledge. I love learning. And so I'm just unlearning while learning. You know, at the same time, unlearning the things that aren't good for me and learning what can be beneficial to me and others. Like I want to work with people and work with hearing, you know, what people go through and how that can be transformed into inspiration and helping people uh, in their journey. Because I feel like life is a trip and I'm not here to uh, judge how people live their lives. And with what I do, you know, my aim is not to uh, make people believe in what they want to believe in. It's not about hanging it on your wall. You don't have to frame it. You don't have to, you know, carry it with you, but at least understand that perspectives, the different perspectives of life can, can help us. So I'm just about learning the more I can about people because it's really all of us that make what we see humans and how we allow ourselves to influence each other. Wow, what, what what did my man say? Reproduction of a new breed. New breed. Leaders. Order. Stand up, organize, man. You that new dude. Listen, man, I, I, I'm very much uh, in awe because you're doing a lot of things. I know when you get to be sort of my age, sometimes you can look back and say, oh, I could have did this and could have did that. But I love looking at what you're doing or so far. And you jumped out the, you know, you jumped off the cliff in a sense. You're doing things that, you know, you in Sweden, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you found your girl, you went out and, and, and got her. Uh, you went out yeah. to Minnesota and look where that got, you know. So you're doing your thing, man. You are the new generation, man. You, you're really uh, not, you're not in a box. Uh, you could have you went a whole different r route in life, but you chose what you're doing now. And I think, man, you're going to end up, who knows where you'll be next year, right? Or five years from now. Right. I, I love... <laughs> what you're doing man because you're very free with it and you're honest i think i think your personality just shines through man and a lot of people see the joy you know like your videos you know just that essence of you really shines through man so keep that man and always do you uh Thank i can't you. i can't tell you to live your life because you live it you, you should be telling <laughs> you you telling uh, you telling me you know what i'm saying i have to to, to learn from you but i really appreciate you man and uh just happy uh for the experiences you got that that was a, that was essentially a sense of college and school that you can't pay yeah. for you know you can't you can't say oh man i want to 
I'm going to get into, you know, music or whatever, but I'm going to go study at Paisley Park. Now, you, you know, you can't do that. There ain't no school. You you got pulled in by one of the masters and got to get a little juice off of that. So these things you can't pay for is an honor. You had an honor guard duty, which you was doing, and you was there. You said it early. You was there servicing Prince. Yeah, you was getting paid, but you was servicing somebody else's yeah. stuff. And at the same point, probably was servicing you you know, by you know, opening a door. So incredible, man. Uh, very. Thank incredible. you. Appreciate it. And I appreciate you reaching out to me, man, and saying, "Yo, uh, you know, want to come on again and share this stuff?" Because I think a lot of fans uh, are gonna hear this and get a deeper appreciation of not just you, but you know, Prince, and right. you know, all that. And when you hear now, we hear all about the the philanthropy and some of the things that prince was doing that we had no idea about you know this to me is heavy because you know i said man he, he reached to a young brother man pulled them up and say yo you know come on in what you think about this oh okay you know that, that that's that that touches me man because i that's dope yeah. you know what i'm saying so but anyway let me get off of that but yo if people want to reach out to you online where can they find you man so I'm on Twitter a lot. Um, Jester, E-Y-E-X, the number seven. Um, but I do post often on my website, which is jesterbuttontherapy.com. Um, that's where you can find all of my latest writings and just kind of what I'm doing creatively. I do plan on making more videos because I stopped. A lot of people, in fact, all of my Prince reviews, the funny thing a lot of people don't know, I used to have them all on YouTube. And I would say about three weeks before he passed away, I was like, no, I don't want these reviews online no more uh, because my opinion changes. And I have a thing with, you know, you make a video and it's like, it's there. And then you watch it two years later and it's like, hey, that's not true. Or, hey, I wasn't listening right. So mm. I decided to just get rid of all of those reviews, even though I know a lot of people appreciated them because they provided whatever joy they did or hate for others. <laughs> um, it's just, to me, it, it felt better for me to just get rid of them. I do still have the uh, Paisley Park reviews, which are still nice to see, but um, I think I do plan on making more videos. I do plan on releasing more content because I think the video medium, I mean, you kind of blew me away when you said it reached you out to your girl and Prince. I never really looked at it like that, but it's true. So I, I think there is a uh, a medium there with video making so I do plan on making more videos but my writing is my main passion um, so I'm going to continue to do that so jesterbuttontherapy.com or twitter jester e-y-e-7-x alright all man and uh, again shout out to a couple of people we mentioned on the show uh, Dr. Funkenberry uh, Seth Everett uh, Danny yeah. uh, and shout out to Kirk Paisley Park and also shout out to all of our listeners all of our patreon people family shout out to you again y'all make this show uh happen for me and, and give me a opportunity to do this on a higher level so i really appreciate that and as i always say work it like a job we will see you next time peace
Music.